What's up, everyone? This is the 15th episode of the Triple Option Report podcast. And today, I, this episode's coming out a little later than usual because, again, just like the last episode, a big event happened last night. And I was watching it. Forbidden Door 2. So this was, like, the premiere merging of, of like, it's, it's pretty much like a, a, a joint show between AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Hopefully in the future, it includes other promotions as well. I wouldn't be surprised if it does. But for now, it's just those two, mainly. But overall, the last show, because of a combination of stuff like injuries and and people just not getting their sicknesses, like, a lot of stuff happened. The build-up wasn't as good. The hype around it wasn't as good, right? This one, this year, had way better hype. No injuries that are key injuries like that. I mean, there are a couple, but nowhere near the amount that were last last year. Uh, yeah, the hype was the build up. Everything was great, and because of that, the card was much better, and so the expectations were much higher. And quite frankly, they met their expectations. I'd even say surpassed. This was a better show than last year, and last year was the best show in all pro wrestling last year. So this show obviously would be the best of this year, right? And yes, that is the case up to this point. Phenomenal show. Show of the year. I don't really think there's competition, really. Like, WrestleMania was great. You had some show, like, Stardom had a couple great shows. New Japan had, like, had a great show recently as well. AEW Revolution was great, but Pro Wrestling Noah, obviously, with with the ending final show of Kaiji Mudo, legend that he is, another great show. But overall, this was still show of the year. And, yeah, like, it, even the pre-show, like, it just went through quickly. It went through smooth. And all the sh- all the matches on the pre-show, what, uh, Mogul and Missy versus Chaos, that was fun. There was a lot of action there. Swerve Frickland, he looks like a, a future star for, a- for AEW. So, yeah, like, that was a great matchup. Uh, Athena versus Billy Starks. Billy Starks just graduated high school. Is already on a, at this big of a stage, and she looked great too. There's a, she's a bright future. Athena to me is the best women's wrestler outside of Japan right now. This year, definitely, definitely this year, and honestly, she's the best women's champion period, including Japan this whole year, up to this point. She's been great, and today that that match was another nod on on just the great resume that she's had this year, so far. Uh. El Phantasmo versus Stu Grayson. That was funny because El Phantasmo looked like Logan Paul because his hair was blonde. And yeah, like it when his hair was blonde, it looked he physically looked just like Logan Paul. It was weird. He even wrestled like Logan Paul. I mean he's wrestled before Logan Paul, but you know what I mean. Like it was hilarious looking. But at the same time, it was a great match. It was a fun, entertaining match. And then the match between Los Ingo Bernabalis de Apon and United Empire. It was an awesome match, irritating match. I uh, noticed TJP. I, I uh, remember him from WWE. I'd seen him. He's been in New Japan for a while now, but wow, he has a lot more tattoos now. But uh, that's just a little reference. But uh, yeah, overall, the match was awesome. Shingo Takagi looked awesome. Roman Takahashi looked awesome. And they were super over with the crowd. Kyle Fletch looked great. So yeah, overall, the, pre, the pre-show, that's the pre-show. Those matches were great. They were entertaining. They weren't long, but they did their job. They did a lot for the little amount of time they were given. 
Now, the main show, MJF versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, Tanahashi is obviously not what he was 10 years ago, physically. He's a lot older now. His body, like, they refuse to, to take surgeries and to take time off. It, there's, they've taken their toll now on him. But despite not being what he was physically, he still knows how to get to his spots correct and get to his spots on time. And he just knows what, all the ins and outs of what to do in the wrestling ring. And he still knows how to get over with the crowd like crazy. It, it was like the, the, the perfect type of tradi- traditional babyface versus heel matchup, pretty much. And MJF was a great wrestler for him, opponent for him at this time in his career. MJF did a great job. Like, it was overall pretty good match. For what they had and for what they were given, it was a pretty good match. And they did their job. Uh, Orange Cassidy, ooh. Uh, CM Punk versus Satoshi Kojima. Now, this was an entertaining match. A really good match to me. CM Punk was hated by the crowd. Hated. Despised. Loud boos. And he did a good job of, of, of playing as, as the villain. And it's weird. I was, I was hearing people saying, like, could CM Punk handle booze? That was weird to me. Like, uh, yeah. Could one of the be- biggest, best villains of the last 20 years in pro wrestling handle booze? Yeah, obviously. And he did. He did an amazing job. It, him and Koshima did a great job. Just overall, just uh, the shops. It's everything. It was awesome. And Koshima, for his age, can still go really well. So, yeah, like, overall, th- th- that was a great fight. Uh, Orange Cassidy versus Zack Sabre Jr. versus Shibata versus Danny Garcia was a great match. Short match, but awesome match. High pace. A lot of entertaining, as, they w- as you would say, sports entertaining-like moves. Surprise from a lot of the wrestlers in this match because a lot of them don't really do that normally. Zack Sabre Jr. was amazing. Like, his technical wrestling was outstanding. There's a reason why he's one of the two best technical wrestlers in the world for the last, feels like, 10 years now almost. So, yeah, like, that was a great match. Sonata, Jungle Boy, I thought it was better than people thought it was. I thought, I personally thought it was a better match than most people would reviewed it as. That was pretty good. I thought Sonata, overall, like, he did a good job. Uh, Jungle Boy, did, they both did a good job of copying each other's, move, each other's moves. Uh, they both, to me, met expectations, which I had pretty good expectations of both because I watched both of them wrestle. A lot of people who aren't familiar with AEW weren't high on Jungle Boy because they hadn't seen a lot of them. A lot of people who weren't, high on, who weren't noticeable about New Japan weren't high on Sonata because they hadn't seen a lot of them. Overall, they both did a good job. And Jungle Boy, overall, he's done a good job of turning heel. Like, it's been slowly happening the last few months now. And boy, did the ending of that match show it. The aftermath. That was awesome. Jungle Boy is now officially a villain. And Taz, as a commentator, because Jungle Boy attacked his partner, Hook, who's Taz's son, did an awesome job as, as, as a commentator during that aftermath, during that heel turn, and just the aftermath at all. Like, everything. I'm excited for what this feud's going to be. Definitely. And for Jungle Boy in the future. Now, the Elite... Versus the Blackpool Combat Club. That was the best 10-man tag match I've ever seen. It's one of the best tag matches I've ever seen, period, honestly. Just the chaos. It was chaos, but it was, like, organized in a weird way. 
It was awesome. It was one scene where I think it was Eddie Kingston and John Moxley slap, like shopping each other, like what slapping each other, while everyone else is going crazy on the outside, and the camera just zoomed out to show what everything that was happening. It was insane. The Hangman looked amazing this match. Uh, Takeshita looked amazing this match. Uh, Ishii looked great. Like there were so many moments here. It, it was an outstanding match. Uh, the best tag match I've seen all year in all pro wrestling. Storm versus Tony Storm versus Willow Nightingale was really good. Again, I would say this: when a women's West wrestling match is happening, please don't all leave uh, your seats to go to the bathroom. This is not one of those shows. When it comes to AEW New Japan, you're not really gonna have a break period, honestly. So just be prepared. Be prepared when you're watching live. And, and in general, it's not women's wrestling around the world is different now. As well, at least. It's always been great in Japan, but I'm saying like in the U.S. is not what it was. So please don't do that. Like you're not getting a five-minute bathroom break match anymore. They don't do that anymore. So I'll be like, yeah. It's like, and if you want the women to get noticed more, that's a good way not to get them noticed. To go all to the bathroom and just like leave. That's stupid. Stop. Wait for squash matches to do that. Or like backstage segments or something. I don't know. But not during the match itself. But yeah, overall still, the match was still had a lot of heat to it. Will and Nightingale was still really over with the fans. The fans loved her. Uh, overall, it was a really good match. There was one crazy bump where she did like a death, like Will and Nightingale pulled like a Death Death Valley driver on a, I think it was Death Valley Charlie, driver? I don't know. I think it was that. On Tony Storm on the apron, it looked brutal. But yeah, overall, it was it was a really good match. And Tony Storm is a heel. She's done great. So yeah, hopefully this leads to Storm versus Jamie Hayter in the future. And with Nightingale, I think this might lead to... She got caught up with Julia from some stardom. Maybe we might actually eventually get a stardom AEW combination in the future. Which would be great. Because it's been something that's been hyped about for a while now. And it seems like they might be trying to do that. And they couldn't now because, you know, Storm's entire roster was booked for a big show for them literally the day before, which is also a great show. But yeah, like, that would be great. But, uh, yeah, Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega. This is the greatest match I've... Ooh, is this the greatest match I've ever seen? It's top three greatest matches that I've, I've ever seen, live or not, period. I think this one was better than their match at Wrestle Kingdom earlier this year. This was amazing. They actually did almost everything that they did for the Wrestle Kingdom match, but like the switch, the sides were switched. Will Ospreay was the aggressive one, and Kenny Omega was the guy who was having to fight back throughout the match, and in a different way. It was very brutal. The first match was brutal, but yeah, this one was brutal. Don Callis, you would usually when stuff like that happens and how it happens, like the interference and all that, it can be annoying the way it was executed, but no. It was actually, I thought, I liked it. And, and, and Kenny Omega, that Tiger Driver 91 that Will Ospreay did, that was so brutal. That was awesome. But yeah, brutal. I would only do that like once or twice a career, if even that. But it, it was still awesome. But man, he landed right on his head, Omega. And when he went for slow motion, like the, 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 like, uh, the replay, yeah. He, he, he could show, like, clearly land on his head. Still, like, 
that was an amazing match. A brutal match, that that's match of the year to me. Might be the match of the decade, honestly. I think it is a match of, of the decade. But even Bears in their first one, that's crazy. <laughs> Omega might be on his way to having two of the greatest trilogies trilogies in, in, in pro wrestling history, in Ring Rise. And crazy thing is he's still got matches to go. Look at, look at, to me, he's wrestler of the year. Look at this resume. This man's faced Will Ospreay twice. He, 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 El Hijo del Vikingo on, on, that one was on regular TV, on TBS, on, on Dynamite for AEW. Uh, the whole series of the, with, with versus the Death Triangle, uh, the match with John Moxley, uh, and, and, and him and the Elite versus Blackpool Combat Club at, at, at Double or Nothing earlier this year. Like, he has uh, already, I don't, what, is, what, halfway through the, through the year only? And he's put out this many great matches? Like, to me, he's wrestler of the year. In his 40s. I think he's, in ring-wise, the greatest wrestler of all time. Just, that's just what I think, my personal opinion. Now, next match was Sting, Darby, Naito versus Jericho, Guevara, and Suzuki. Overall, this did its job. It started out really good. I think it started to fall off the rails a little when, I, I don't know if Sting was supposed to take that 6.30 through the table. I think he was supposed to move out the way because Guevara never got up and Sting like was slowly getting up but seemed like legit kind of like hurt. But not like injured, but like aching. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, and after that, the match kind of, not sloppy, but there's, it was a little off at times. Overall, it was still pretty solid to above, like, it's still an above average, somewhat good match. And it did its job really well. And the crowd loved it still. So, like, overall, it, it, it was still good. But, yeah, you could definitely see that maybe there's some spots in there that weren't supposed to happen. And, of course, the last match, Brian Danielson versus Okada. Brian Danielson came out to final the final countdown. If everyone anyone doesn't know, you know the final countdown by Europe, I believe. That hit hit song from the eighties was Brian Danielson's, uh, was his like his theme song, whenever he came out throughout his entire career in the indies before he went to, to WWE. And as you all know, it takes a crap ton of money to pay for that song to be played. <laughs> Because Europe asks, asks for an insane amount of money for the final countdown every single time it's played, like, period. So, uh, yeah, you weren't going to get that song played when she left WWE ever again, probably. But somehow, some way, Tony Khan got out the, 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 his wallet, got, got out the check, signed it, and got this song out there. Probably the only time it's going to happen because of just how expensive it is to play that. But, yeah. Amazing. Like, that was that was a surreal moment. Because a lot of people thought that was impossible because of how much money it cost. But, no. But that one moment, he pulled it off. And, uh, and, and overall, an amazing match, I thought. Outstanding match. The ending was a surprise, a shock to a lot of people, including me. I didn't see Brian Danielson making Okada tap out. That was crazy. But, again, this... Adds to me, this felt like this is just the first matchup of a series of matches. It felt like it it left me wanting more, but not in a bad way. More like, yeah, they gotta continue this because that was awesome, and I want to see more of that type of way. But yeah, like like overall, it was an amazing match. Uh, 
Brian Danielson did one spot in there that was insane. Uh, him faking a seizure was disturbing, but also I kind of I, I liked it. Coming from a person that that's had a history of that, I was fine with it. That was an awesome little just shows you how insane Brian Danielson is in general, or even trying to attempt that. But yeah, overall I thought it was uh, I thought it was great. Like the the the, the Rainmaker into the the LaBelle lock that was awesome. Like just yeah, a, a great match to close off a great show. That was an all-time show. One of the greatest wrestling shows of all time. And the aftermath of this, I, I, I think this is... The momentum for both AEW and New Japan, at first this year, they started out pretty good, but then they had a bit of a lull, but then New Japan stepped it up again around, what, February, March, and it's been just smooth sailing since then. AEW, their lull took a little longer, but around, I'd say about a month ago, AEW's been really stepping it up lately, and now they're on fire. Both promotions are on fire. And if they keep this up, because Collision's been great, Dynamite's been great, even Rampage has been great. And if, 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 these, if AEW and New Japan keep this up, this could be an all-time year for both of them. Uh, New Japan's got a G1 Climax coming up. That's going to be huge. So the summer, they're going to have a hot summer. And the, uh, the, the momentum coming off of that could lead to an all-time year for the fall or winter. AEW's got, like I said, potential matches for starting. Who knows what could happen in the future with that promotion. More matches for New Japan. They got some of the wrestlers wrestling on Triple Mania. I'm about to tell you, Kenny Omega, continuous legendary all-time year. is going to be facing El Hilo Del Vikingo again. This time in Triple Mania for Triple A. Like, what, two weeks, I think? Like, yeah, All In's going to be at Wembley Stadium for AEW. What, 80-plus thousand? Could honestly, if I'm correct, I do believe, I generally really do believe that they're going to surpass WrestleMania 32 as the highest attended wrestling show, non-North Korean in history. It is, for a four-year-old promotion, that's crazy. Like, like un, unheard of. No one thought that could happen. All outs the next week in Chicago, that's going to be crazy because seeing Bell's back and the Elite and everything like it. And then Blood and Guts, in Boston, who knows what happens with that? Like, they, this summer is going to be insane for both of these promotions. And for AEW, like I said, after that, if they get keep the momentum going just like New Japan, an all-time year. Could be their best year ever, honestly. And and one more thing to, to, to point out. Hopefully Adam Cole's okay. I think they said he had a, a flu and he couldn't wrestle last night. So that, that was unfortunate, but hopefully he's fine now. And he'll be better in the next later on this week or maybe next week, and he'll be fully out of it. Uh, for feel feel bad for for Tom Lawler, former UFC guy. I remember watching him when I was younger for what the Ultimate Fighter for UFC. Now he's doing pro wrestling. He's pretty awesome, really awesome. New Japan. Hopefully they let him. I know they had him wrestle a dark match versus what Serpentico Serpentico. I'm pronouncing that right. Our forbidden door two last night. Hopefully he wrestles a match against AEW. I mean for AEW this week maybe. Who knows? Or Dynamite or, or Rampage or Collision. You can play. You can face a uh, Roderick Strong in honor of Adam Cole, or maybe even a returning Kyle O'Reilly. Who knows? But like, it, it would be great for him to be able to to, to have a, at least an extra match on TV for AEW. 
So, like, overall, an amazing night for pro wrestling. An amazing week and weekend for pro wrestling. Because Stardom had a great show, too. And, and yeah. Just overall outstanding for pro wrestling. And, and the year looks like it's going to be an all-time great year. Now, I did want to make a quick reference to BET Wars. I'll, I'll watch that today. I wasn't able to watch it because I was busy watching Forbidden Door 2. But I'll watch the BET Wars today and see what happened. A lot happened, apparently. I noticed one thing. Migos' performance, that was awesome. That was really great. Like, you like to see stuff like that. But overall, I'll talk more about that. Uh, probably maybe next episode. But yeah, probably next episode. So yeah. And then, one more thing in regards to pop culture. The Flash. What a sad, unfortunate thing this is, right? Yikes. Now they're doing what? Buy one, get one free? Tickets for The Flash? Like, that, that's just sad. I mean, we already talked about how bad this, this movie's doing. Like, what? At this point, is a possibility to get joined John... If I'm correct, John Carter and The Lone Ranger are the biggest box office bombs of all time in terms of this, the sheer amount of money lost. Not percentage-wise, but the sheer amount of money lost. And at this rate, the Flash could actually match that? That is just sad. Like, the DCEU, like, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, I guess. The DCEU needs a major overhaul in terms of what they're doing. Now, I'm not saying because, I, like, I like James Gunn. I think he's the right guy for the job. I just think that maybe they need to, to, to change up what they're doing. That's all. Like, yeah. Because this is not working. This entire thing is not working. Like I said before... Just wipe all of it out except, like, Peacemaker and, and Suicide Squad and, and Blue Beetle. Everything else, wipe it all out. Because it ain't gonna work. The reputation is dead in water. That's all. Now, going off of that, I'm gonna do one thing with sports. UFC. Alright. Fight night. Overall, the card was fine. It was pretty good. Uh, Teporia. Demolished, absolutely dominated uh, Josh Emmett. And Josh Emmett's a tough guy. You know, he's not going to get knocked down like that or, or knocked out. Definitely not knocked out. Very tough dude. He has very hard hands. But Deporia's boxing style, his boxing skill, was just on another level. Like, he was just doing whatever he wanted, honestly. And it didn't look like he was breathing hard either. Like, it was brutal. It was very one-sided. Which was expected to a certain extent, but yeah, still. I think how good his boxing was, for along with how good his how his his ground game is good enough, as he took Josh Emmett down to his ground game is good enough that people don't notice that to go with how phenomenal his boxing is and his striking overall. That I really do think I don't think he needs to be facing uh, Holloway. No, I think he should go ahead and, and, and face Volkanovski. It would be a good change of pace, honestly. Do I? Who do I think wins? Probably Volk, honestly, at this point still. But it, it would be just nice to have a, a change of, of, of scenery for, for Volkanovski. He doesn't need to be facing like people like Korean Zombie. That was just hard to watch. I have no idea what they're thinking with that. Actually, they have Korean Zombie going against someone he, he should be going against right now. I mean, his next fight as well. And again... Why? But, yeah, like, overall, 
Like I, I, I think Tapoya versus versus Volkanovski is the way to go. I, I think that's the right thing to do. The right move. It, and one thing I noticed that UFC has a has a, a way I've noticed recently of doing what they criticize boxing of, and that's having fighters who are on fire not being next up in line. They did this with with Duryush, and then he lost. They did this with, albeit it's not always the fault, like Tony Ferguson, he was supposed to face Habib so many times, and just every single time, just something out of their control happened. It was a complete disaster. So it's not all the time, but still, that's, hope, that's happened a lot more recently. Hopefully that changes with this. I think Taporia is ready for, for Volkanovski. I think that's a great fight. I, th- I think it's the right fight to make. Now, sticking with Danny White, that news that I think a lot of people heard about of, uh, oh boy, Mark Zuckerberg versus, uh, yeah, Zuckerberg versus Elon Musk. I hope that doesn't happen. It would be very hypocritical for Danny White to, to talk about bash boxing for having freak show fights or, or bash uh, Francis Ngannou for trying to do a boxing match or and not taking it seriously, whatever, and then having this happen. Like, I know Danny White likes a lot. Like, a lot. And contradicts himself a lot. Almost every single day. But still, I don't think anyone wants to actually genuinely want to have Elon Musk versus Mark Zuckerberg on a UFC card. That's, no. That's a, that's a prime example of, like, a prime-level pride freak show fight right there. That's not something you want to have on, on your mixed martial arts show now. Because what makes it any different than, than boxing? That would be the reason why people watch it. It won't be for the actual mixed martial artist. It will be for the two celebrities fighting. So, yeah, it, that would be a disaster. Also, if it were to happen, just saying if it were to happen... Zuckerberg would demolish Elon Musk. Because Zuckerberg's, I mean, he at least has some training experience with with, with BJJ. So, like, at least he know he has, he knows how to fight somewhat, I guess. So, yeah. No, that would not be. And he's a lot younger. Yeah, he looks leaner. That would be, the, yeah, no. I'd be very one-sided in favor of Zuckerberg. But overall, I hope that fight doesn't happen because you and Gross and no thank you. Now, getting off of that, one last thing, the big time pick. Now, my last big time pick that I had was the men's 200 meter dash final for the New York City Grand Prix. I, I decided to pick one specific event this time, and I thought Noel Lowes would win decisively, and I thought he could run something as fast as like a sub 19.6. I was wrong. He ran only in 19.83, only in 19.83. Like, that's just. Not insane as well. But he still did run way faster than everyone else. Almost a full half a second faster than the next fastest opponent. Now, the next fastest guy was Osama Singa, the high schooler from Suriname. Well, he'll be representing Suriname. So, yeah, his future's bright. 18 years old, high schooler out here still, like, beating out professionals in 200-meter dash race. Pretty crazy. But, yeah, no allows still, though, absolutely demolished the field. Looked like he could run a, run a, a lot faster than that, honestly. Looked like he was holding back. Still ran 1983. So, yeah, he's on. He's the favorite for for gold for 200 for a reason. Let's just say that. And he he matched Usain Bolt's uh, record for most sub 
22nd 200-meter dash race runs ever in a career. And almost half the time. Pretty crazy. So yeah, Noel Lowes is on his way to, to an all-time great career. He's definitely a runaway favorite to win the 200-meter gold this year in the World T Championships. And most likely favorite to, to win 200 gold next year in the, in the Olympics. Only challenge me is how big of a jump does Knighton make by next year. But still, Noel Lowes should definitely be the favorite heading to next year as well. So yeah, that was uh, everything for this episode. A lot shorter than usual because I was mainly focused on one big event, and that was an awesome event, and rightfully so, because it deserved it. Oh, crap, I forgot. Wow. Uh, my actual big-time pick. I was talking so much about last episode's big-time pick, I forgot the actual one. Now, tonight is Game 3 of the College World Series. It's the final game. LSU in Florida. All SEC. Now... My guess, I'm just going to go off this. I know that Florida wiped them off the face of the earth last game, game two. Was it 24-3? Something insane like that. I think LSU comes back. I think LSU is a better team across the board. I, I, I like the team. They're not, like I said before, they're not built like a normal LSU team. But they're just as good. So, uh, from a physical standpoint. But yeah, anyway, I'll just say I pick LSU over Florida tonight. To win the whole thing. Win the College World Series, 2-1. to one. But uh, I'll see y'all next episode. It's Wednesday. After that's Friday. Remember, it's Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. You never know what you're going to get. See y'all.